Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Oh, you kind of snuck that one up on me. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were ready. <laughs> okay. You're like sitting there looking at your notes like you're ready to go. <laughs> I was, but all of a sudden the the voice was like, you're being recorded. <laughs> it <was just> like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just surprised me that's all and then I, I looked at you and then you finger gunned me and then I was like okay <laughs> I guess this is meant to be <laughs> yes okay so today we are talking about season eight episode 10 called torn and frayed uh, so we start out inside a building it's daytime Samandriel is bound to a chair in a room with symbols painted on the windows. His face and his wiener hut uniform are covered with blood. <laughs> and a second, it so- I thought it sounded like you said wiener hat. Oh, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> like all I think of is like a hot dog hat, you know? Like- yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I think of some other things as well, but well, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so a metal pick sticks out of his forehead and we hear footsteps. Samandriel grimaces as he expels the pick from his forehead using his angel powers. That'd be a nice power to have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Samandriel says, Naomi, Naomi Crowley has me. The door opens and a demon wearing a white doctor's coat and bow tie enters. He walks up behind Smandriel and says, ah, 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 been on angel radio, have we? Smandriel says, no. Uh, <laughs> what? The demon says, don't lie to me, Alfie. And the demon moves to stand in front of him. Smandriel says, I'm not lying. Please, I wouldn't lie to you. The demon says, oh, Alfie, after all these weeks together, I mean, how I wish that were so. He picks up the metal pick from the floor and says, now we're going to have to turn off that signal again. Samandriel says, no, no. And he screams as the demon pushes the pick back into his forehead. And we get our opening title sequence. Everything so, sucks. I kind of hate this episode a little bit because of all the Samandriel torture. So yeah, I don't know if it's because he's like young, but like all the screaming he does is just horrible. Yeah. So... Okay, so we cut to a motel in Kermit, Texas. It's nighttime. Sam is sitting on a couch drinking a bottle of beer. He opens the door and there's Dean. Uh, Sam partly closes the door, looking really angry, and then fully opens it again. Dean walks past him into the room and says, who did you expect? Sam says, long drive. Dean says, well, I wouldn't have had to make it if you hadn't have hung up on me. Sam says, yeah, well, I heard all I needed to hear. Dean says, no, you heard what you wanted to hear. I told you Benny wasn't killing. Hell, I watched him end the fangbanger that was. Sam says, how about Martin? How did he end that? Dean says, stupid, just like I said it would. Crazy son of a bitch didn't give Benny a choice. It was self-defense. Sam says, seriously, Dean, that's the story you're going with? That the vampire was the real victim here? Dean says, hey, like it or not, that's the truth, okay? There's a time when that actually meant something. Sam says, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Dean says, what does that mean? Sam says, you think this is just about Benny? Dean says, what the hell are you talking about? Sam says, what the hell do you think I'm talking about? 
Dean says, Amelia? Oh, come on, man. I sent you that text because I needed you to. Sam says, you need me to what? To tear ass to Texas? To be afraid that what happened to Jessica, what happened to everybody we care about might have happened to her? Dean says, you were going to kill Benny. What was I supposed to do? Sam says, is that what we are? You save a vampire by making me believe that the woman I love might be dead? Let's just pause a moment here. (laughs) And think about the fact that Sam just said Amelia is the woman he loves. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Ew, Sammy. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) She's like a monster bitch. Like, why? Why do you love her? Like, she gets a little bit better over time, slightly, but still, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I still hate her. Like, it doesn't make up for how she was in the beginning to me. Yeah, like, that's what you fell in love with? Like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) You, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Dean says, what do you want to hear, Sam? That I was wrong? Fine. I was wrong. Okay. But if you'd have just heard me out, if you'd have trusted me, all of this could have been avoided. Sam says, you didn't want me to trust you. You wanted me to trust Benny. And I can't do that. Dean says, right. Okay. Well then what the hell do we do now? Sam says, that depends. It depends on you on whether or not you're done with him. Dean says, well, honestly, I don't know. And Sam and Dean look at each other for a long moment. Dean says, glad I made the drive. And he was, walks past Sam and out of the room. So we cut to a playground. It's daytime. Um, children are playing on the structures. A woman sits on a bench holding a crying baby. She shushes him. And then Cass appears. He says, she's been crying for two days. And the woman nods. Cass says, the doctors missed something. It's called an inguinal hernia okay cool very hard to detect Cass touches the baby on the forehead and the crying stops there's a sound of wings as Cass disappears and the woman leans out or leans over her baby so that was like the nicest thing ever castiel i know right yeah it was kind of odd though because like i don't know like not really spoiler alert but like that's the only time you see these people (laughs) it just seemed kind of a random thing to just throw in there but yeah yeah it was it was weirdly placed but yeah yeah like so we cut still cool but just yeah kind of odd you know (laughs) yeah so we cut to naomi's office in heaven naomi says castiel we have a situation samandriel has been captured Cass says i thought samandriel was dead Naomi says, he's been missing, and now we know. Crowley has him. Cass says, where? Naomi says, his distress call cut out before I could pinpoint his exact location, but you will find him, and you will bring him home. Cass says, Crowley will have warded against angels this time. I'll need help getting in. Naomi says, take whatever you need, but you will be certain, Castiel, it was your idea to rescue Samandriel, not mine, not heavens. Do you understand? Um, that's kind of shady. Just gonna yeah, say. like, mm, okay, so like, why? What I don't know. Why can't people know that you want to save one of your own people? You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
So we cut to Rufus's cabin. Uh, it's daytime. Dean is asleep on the couch, holding a bottle of beer and snoring. <laughs> Cass is standing in front of the couch. Uh, Dean opens his eyes and jumps when he sees Cass and he spills his beer. Dean says, damn it, Cass. How many times do I have to tell you? It's just creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, though. <laughs> you know? It is, but also, like, he's watching over him while he sleeps. Sweet. Which is creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Cass says, Dean, I need your help. The angel Samandriel. Dean says, Sam. Cass says, he's been taken. Dean says, you mean Alfie? The wiener on a stick kid? Cass says, yes. I uh, heard his distress call this morning. Dean says, on what? Angel radio? I thought you shut that down. Cass says, well, my penance, it's going well. And I thought it was time to turn it back on. I've uh, been helping people, Dean. Dean says, well, good for you. All right, so who snatched heaven's most adorable angel? Cass says, Crowley. Dean says, I'm listening. Castiel says, Symmetrial's being held in the general vicinity of Hastings, Nebraska. Dean says, the general vicinity? That's all you got? (laughs) (laughs) Cass says, yes, which is why I need your help. It seems this is going to involve talking to people. Dean says, come on, Cass. I thought you were a hunter now. Cass says, well, I thought so too, but it seems I lack a certain, Dean says, skill. (laughs) (laughs) Dean opens his laptop and there is a loud gonging sound from the website on the screen, which is Busty Asian Beauties. He quickly closes. Here we are. Uh, I love it. He quickly closes the laptop and says, "You saw nothing." <laughs> Dean opens the laptop again, and the gonging sound goes again. Uh, he holds up a hand to cover the screen as he minimizes the browser. <laughs> Dean says, "All right, what am I looking for?" Cass says, "Well, when you torture an angel, it screams." Dean types "Nebraska News Hastings" into a search engine. Cass says, and that kind of pain, it creates a ripple effect of strange incidences. Uh, where's Sam? Dean says, Sam's gone. It's all right. We'll, uh, we'll find Alfie ourselves. So the headline on the Lincoln Globe website on the laptop reads, tornadoes, strong winds caused damage across Nebraska. Uh, we cut to Sam's sad motel room. <laughs> a nature program plays on the TV. Sam sits on the couch holding the remote. The narrator on the TV says, this charming little dung beetle makes his living upon the sands of Egypt. Here are billions of tiny particles, the remnants of ancient seas. And then there's a knock on the door. Uh, so Sam opens the door and it's that bitch sack named Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> she says, look, last night at the bar, I just wanted to make sure it was you, you know, peeping in my window. Sam says, peeping, you make it sound so, uh, Amelia says, stalkerish. Sam turns off the TV and says, um, <laughs> Amelia I mean, says, not wrong. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Amelia says, anyway, I ran out because he was leaving. He travels a lot since he's been back. Sam says, right. No, I get it. You had some place. Amelia says, I had to be. Yeah. Are we going to have a whole conversation with me finishing your sentences? So why are you here? (laughs) I know. Sam says, it's not what it looks like. I thought you were in trouble that you had. It doesn't matter. You're okay. Amelia says, I was okay. 
you know, settled in, content, but here you are. What am I supposed to do with that? Sam says, give me five seconds and I'll be gone. I didn't come here to make trouble for you. I came because Amelia says, you cared? And she walks closer to Sam. She says, see that? I just did it again. Finished your sentence. Sam says, yeah, I care. Amelia says, I care too. And then they fucking kiss. Uh, Stop kissing. Makes me like even more frustrated because Amelia is like, I mean, just make up your mind. You already made up your mind. And now you're like going back and forth and being all wishy-washy. And it's like, okay, there's no like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're fucking with emotions. So, yeah. Uh, so we cut to inside Crowley's torture building. Samandriel is still uh, bound to a chair. The demon in the white coat is adjusting a metal contraption on Samandriel's head. Uh, Samandriel says, I told you it was an accident. The demon says, yes, of course, but now there should be no more accidents, no more angel radio. Samandriel says, stop this, please. It's been, the demon says, weeks, yes. We're almost there though, I'm certain of it. Samandriel says, I'm begging you. The demon says, when we demons possess a human, we invade all of them. Their, uh, their muscles, their bones, their brains. I can't help but wonder if it isn't the same for angels. Samandriel says, no. The demon screws the metal pick into the contraption on Samandriel's head, and Samandriel screams. A glass beaker of what appears to be blood shatters. The demon smiles and continues to screw in the pick. Samandriel screams again. He then seems to go into a trance as a tear runs down from his eye. Oh, poor little guy. I I mean, like, I feel like you would have a tear or two (laughs) as well yeah drilled into your brain (laughs) there would be a lot of liquids coming out of my face holes there would be a lot of liquids coming out of a lot of different places (laughs) (laughs) all the body holes you're right okay um so samandriel starts to speak in another language so we cut to a street nearby a man wearing a suit and carrying a briefcase walks along the street um samandriel speaks some more and the man pauses. Uh, he looks at a bush in the front yard of a house. Um, Samandriel talks some more. The man leans down to investigate the bush, and it suddenly bursts into flames as he takes a step back in surprise. We're going Huge all flames there. <laughs> I know, right? Huge flames rise from the bush, sending the man flying backwards into a fence. He falls to the ground and lies moving uh, in a flower bed, his face and hands badly burned. So we cut to Geneva, Nebraska, the Impala driven by Dean um, and with Cass in the passenger seat, takes a corner and drives along the street. Uh, We cut to a hospital. It's daytime. The man who was burned by the flames from the bush lies in a hospital bed. Um, Dean knocks on the open door and he and Cass enter. Dean is wearing a press ID badge. Dean says, Mr. Hinckley. Hi, Uh, we're from the Geneva Gazette. I wanted to ask you a few questions about your ambush. And he laughs at his own joke. Not funny, Dean. It's not, but it <laughs> kind of is. <laughs> Dude, the guy got like super burned. It's not funny. I well, like, I don't know. I guess it's like kind of funny. Like, it's funny that he thinks it's funny. It's not like funny in the sense of like the guy got burned. You know? Okay. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> Um, Mr. Hinckley says, yeah, well, I'd laugh too if I didn't feel like the sun just ate my face. 
Cass says to Dean, it's a metaphor. <laughs> Dean says, no, sorry. Shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Cass is so precious. <laughs> Dean says, sorry. Uh, now, in the police report, it said that the, uh, the bush, it talked to you, yeah? Mr. Hinckley says, yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but yeah. Cass says, and what did it say? Mr. Hinckley says, no clue. Sounded like Klingon to me. <laughs> Dean says, gonna need exact words. Mr. Hinckley says, are you serious? Cass says, that's his serious face. Yes. <laughs> Dean oh, says, <laughs> Dean says, as much as you can remember, Mr. Hinckley. So Mr. Hinckley says, sounds something like Solvac. Yeah. Solvacte. So we cut to Cass and Dean uh, leaving Mr. Hinckley's room and walking down the hallway. Dean says, well, what do you think? Mean anything to you? Cass says, yes, it's an Okean. It means obey. Dean says, obey? Obey what? Cass says, I don't know, but the amount of pain an angel must be in, uh, not just to manifest through shrubbery, but to burn. Dean, we have to find him before it's too late. Dean says, okay, okay. Well, look, a sign like that. Alpha can't be too far, right? So we'll just start at the bush and work her way out. <laughs> that makes me giggle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cass says, and look for what exactly? Crowley could have him anywhere. Dean says, well, if I know Crowley, the place will be swarming with demons. So we'll just drive till we see ugly. So we cut to Sam's motel room. Amelia is standing in the doorway to the bathroom wearing only Sam's shirt. I don't like it. No. You don't get to wear him and then wear his clothes. <laughs> wear him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one way to put it. Amelia says, it's official. I hate motels. Say something. Sam is shirtless in bed, which you don't hate. Yeah, I mean, he that's says, fine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Sam says, what would you like me to say? That was great. That was a mistake. Amelia says, I don't know. Both, I guess. Sam says, I understand. <laughs> the above would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, I understand. Amelia says, do you? Do you understand I have a life here? A good man that loves me? She sits down on the edge of the bed facing Sam and says, a man I don't want to hurt? Yeah, Sam you're says. the one that started it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, God. <laughs> Keep your own clothes on. Fuck. <laughs> Sam like, says. You went for him. Yep, you did Just it. going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, I know. Amelia says, and you know, you're the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning and the last thing before I go to sleep. It's tough to let something like that go. Sam says, yeah. Amelia says, especially if you keep showing up here. Sam says, okay, are you his saying fault now? Mm -hmm. I know. I know. <laughs> Sam says, are you saying you want me to leave? Amelia says, I'm telling you that if you stay against everything I believe in, I would be with you. But if you leave, don't come back. I can't have you with one foot in my life and one foot out there doing whatever it is you do, but life of yours that I have no idea about. Sam says, you don't want to know about it. Believe me. It's a big, <laughs> I mean, it's a big step. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Amelia says for me or for you, Sam says both. I need to think about this. You need to think about this. 
words will never cover what you mean to me, what you'll always mean to me, but we should, Amelia says, think about this. Okay. How about two days from now around seven 30? I'll be off work. Then one of us will be here and we'll know neither of us will be here and we'll know, or both of us will be here and we'll know. So they cut back to Dean and Cass. They pull up the car close to a big abandoned building that has some homeless men outside. Dean says, wow, will you look at that? Our ninth abandoned factory. Ain't that America? Hey, what do you say? This doesn't pan out. We head back to that beer and bacon happy hour about a mile back. Huh? That sounds like, I mean, the beer part, not so much, but the bacon happy hour sounds really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Cass says, wait a minute, Dean. Those derelicts, they're demons. I can see their true faces. Dean looks through binoculars at the men standing around um, and sees another man on a balcony above them. Dean says, Crowley's got that many hell monkeys outside. He's going to have at least double inside. Cass says, an angel warding. I can feel it. Dean says, well, you, me, and a demon's knife ain't going to cut it. Cass says, okay, I'll get Sam. Dean says, no, we don't need Sam. Cass says, but you just said, Dean says, look, if Sam wanted in, he'd be here. Okay. I got a better idea. So we cut to a wharf, a boat named Fizzy's Folly is moored next to a dock. Um, they go inside. Pages of symbols are stuck to a wall and other surfaces. Kevin Tran sits at a table with half of the word of God demon tablet and a notebook. Dean says, slow read. Kevin says, slowest. Dean says, where's Garth? Kevin says, supply run? I don't know. Sort of lost track of when he comes and goes. You guys need help with something? I'm working here. That's kind of snarky. Okay. (laughs) I know. Cass says, you look horrible. Kevin says, yeah, thanks. Dean says, he's right. Are you okay, Kevin? (laughs) I know. Kevin says, fine. I'm just in the middle of this. Dean says, and any luck? Kevin says, interpreting half a demon tablet? No, I got nothing. Dean says, all right, well, buck up because we need some more of that demon TNT ASAP. Kevin says, you used it all? Dean says, yeah, so let's whip up another batch. Kevin says, sure. West Bank witch hazel, skull of Egyptian calf. The tale of some random ass newt that may or not be extinct. Dean says, all right, all right, I get it. Ingredients are hard to come by, huh? Kevin says, that's just the first three ingredients. Cass says, give me the list. I'll get what we need. Dean says, huh? And then Kevin starts making a list. So we cut to inside Crowley's torture building. Smandriel is still bound to a chair and wearing the metal contraption on his head. Crowley enters and closes the door behind him. He says, what on earth could you possibly need now, Vigo? I've given you every torture instrument known to man, short of a Neil Diamond album. Vigo, the demon, says, oh, I no. found something, <laughs> sir. I know. I, I need a translator. Crowley says, you're looking at him. Show me. Vigo twists the metal pick in Samandriel's forehead. Crowley puts on an apron. Samandriel speaks in an Enochian. Crowley says, what do we have here? Vigo says, I think it's Enochian. Crowley says, of course it's Enochian, you pigeon. The question is, why is he speaking Enochian? What have you drilled into here, Vigo? Huh? Crowley twists the metal pick and Samandriel speaks some more. Crowley says, bollocks. Vigo says, what is it, sir? Crowley says, well, what our feathered friend was uttering essentially was, 
You, celestial being, have been created to be an angel of the Lord. You've gotten into his operating system, his factory settings. Vigo says, from who? God? Crowley says, who the, hell, who the hell cares where it came from? Let's find out what makes this flying monkey tick. So Crowley twists the metal pick again, and Samandriel screams, and then speaks in Enochian. Crowley twists the metal pick again, and Samandriel screams some more. Okay, just stop doing that, Crowley. Come on. God. Good grief. Uh, we cut to Garth's boat. Kevin is working on the tablet. Dean paces and claps his hands, distracting Kevin. Kevin puts on some headphones to drown out the noise. Dean looks at his watch and says, I mean, come on, how long does it take to get a calf skull from Egypt? Kevin, Kevin. And he snaps his fingers next to Kevin's ear and leans down close to him and says, your mom's hot. I'm serious. Your mom is one Her sexy. <laughs> not Kevin. Kevin's not the problem here. Nope. <laughs> the problem's usually Dean. <laughs> um, Dean's phone rings. And Dean on the phone says, hey, I thought I told you to go underground. It's Benny. He says, hey, I'm so far underground. I'm breathing through a straw, brother. Uh, Look, what happened with your friend Martin back there? It wasn't supposed to go down that way. Dean says, I know. Your granddaughter told me. Benny says, Dean, you did this old dog a real solid. And uh, the way you stood up for me, Dean says, well, shoe on the other foot. You would have done the same. Benny says, yeah, I hate to ask for much else, but I don't suppose there's any chance you're anywhere near the Catskills. Dean says, working a case on the other side of the country. Why? What's up? Benny says, yeah, just hitting a little rough patch, I guess. You know, doing this whole solo thing. Dean says, Benny, one day at a time, man. Benny says, you know what? A cup of coffee sure would do me good. Dean says, all right, as soon as I'm done with this case, I'll be there, Okay. Benny says, yeah, all right, brother. Thank you. Dean hangs up and he walks over to Kevin and touches his headphones. Dean says, hey, where is your mom? Kevin says, somewhere safe. Dean says, you kicked your mom to the curb? (laughs) Kevin says, she was too distracting. I couldn't focus. The angel said I had to go to the desert to learn the word of God. All right. So this is my desert. Dean says, yeah, but your mom's your mom. Kevin says, I can't enjoy, I can't enjoy a world. I need to save Dean. I can enjoy it when this is all over for right now. There's nothing more important than this. So I cut to a different park. It's daytime. Uh, Sam is sitting on a bench. Cass appears next to Sam who jumps. Cass says watching humanity. It never gets old, does it? So we cut back to Garth's boat. Um, There's the sound of wings. Cass says, I got what we need. Dean turns and says, well, it's about time. And then we see that Sam is standing next to Cass. Dean says, what's he doing here? Sam says, don't worry, Dean. Once we save Alfie, I'm out. Dean says, oh, once we save Alfie, don't hurt yourself, Sam. Cass and I can handle it. Sam says, not according to Cass. Dean says, I told you we didn't need him. Cass says, we need everything, Dean. And I need both of you, as you say, to stow your crap. Can you do that? (laughs) good job Cass <laughs> I know I was proud of him for that so Sam and Dean look at each other uh, we cut to the torture factory it's nighttime now uh, the Impala pulls up and parks Sam Dean and Cass get out Cass says so there are four main points of warding north south east and west and four Enochian symbols like this he draws a symbol on Sam's palm Cass says that you need to destroy before I can enter 
Dean says, okay, so what? We go in, take care of the Helmooks, and you extract the angel? Cass says, yes. After killing so many, I need to save at least this one. Sam says, sounds like a plan. Dean says, okay. And he takes out his demon killing knife. He says, let's do this. Cass says, wait, here. And he gives his angel blade to Sam. He says, this doesn't just work on angels. It kills demons too. Sam says, thanks, Cass. I thought that was really sweet of Cass giving up his blade like that yeah um so down in the courtyard where the homeless looking demons are hanging out a demon walks towards another one who is standing next to a fire burning in a 44 gallon drum um someone whistles and the first demon turns around and walks back to investigate he reaches the corner of the building and sees dean standing on a flight of stairs dean waves happily the demon's eyes turn black and he moves towards Dean, but Sam stabs the demon from behind with Castiel's blade. Bright light flashes in the demon's eyes as he dies. Dean says, well, not my most original work, but Sam takes the keys from the demon's body and tosses them to Dean, who uses them to unlock the door to the building. <laughs> like stumbled through that last paragraph, but that's fine. You, you good. <laughs> Words are hard. Okay. Words are hard. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Sam and Dean walk through the factory. Symbols are painted on all the walls. Sam uses spray paint to draw an X across a symbol like the one that cast her on Sam's hand. Um, then the boys split up. We cut to Samandriel, who is still bound to the chair, screaming. Crowley tightens one of the screws on the metal contraption on Samandriel's head, and Samandriel speaks some more in Okean. Vigo says, What is it? Crowley says, That was tablet talk. Protecting the word of God seems to be hardwired into these dingbats. Crowley turns one of the screws and Samandriel screams again. We cut to a demon walking down a hallway in the factory. We can hear Samandriel screaming. After the demon has passed by, Dean steps out into the same hallway and uses spray paint to draw an X over the Enochian symbol. We cut to Sam walking through the factory. A demon sees him. Um... But Sam does not notice. So we cut to Dean walking through the factory. Sam is walking in the opposite direction. Sam spray paints um, over another Enochian symbol. The demon who is watching him grabs him from behind. Sam throws the demon to the floor and stabs it with Cass's blade. Bright light flashes inside its head as it dies. Another demon leaps on Sam from behind. Dean grabs it and kills him with his demon killing knife. Sam says, thanks. Dean says, come on. So we cut to Samandriel. Crowley tightens one of the screws on the metal contraption on his head. And Samandriel groans loudly before going back into his trance. He speaks some more in Okean. Crowley says, demon tablet. Tell me one I don't know, huh? And he turns one of the screws and Samandriel screams again. When we cut to Sam and Dean walking through the factory, they can hear Samandriel screaming. Dean says, Alfie. They hear footsteps behind them and turn. Two demons also come towards them from the front. Dean spots two more coming from another direction. Sam ignites one of their demon bombs as the demons run towards them. He tosses it down in the hallway towards the demons coming in one direction as Dean tosses one of his own at the other demons. Sam and demon. Sam and demon. No. <laughs> Sam and Dean. I mean. Oh, <laughs> uh, spoilers. No. Okay. Sam and Dean take shelter behind a wall. The bombs explode. We cut to the torture room. Vigo looks up at the sound of the explosion. We cut back to the boys. The demons are repelled backwards by the bomb, and then they disintegrate. 
Um, we cut to Sam and Dean, who can still hear Samandriel screaming. Uh, we cut back to Samandriel. Vigo says, Mr. Crowley, not that this isn't important, but perhaps we should be making preparations to leave. We seem to be under attack. Crowley says, did you say something? And he tightens one of the crew, one of the screws on the metal contraption on Samandriel's head. Um, and he screams again. Cut back to the boys. They walk down a hallway uh, to the sound of Samandriel screaming. Dean spray paints over an Enochian symbol on the door and says, all right, anytime now, Cass. Cass appears, breathing heavily. Sam says, Cass, hey, you okay? Cass says, it must be the sigils. I'm not at full power. Dean says, Sam, help me muss this crud. Cass says, no, wait, there's no time. Samandra won't last much longer. So Dean tries to lock on the door. Sam says, Cass, here, take this. And he gives Cass back his angel blade. Cass covers his ears and sees flashes of an instrument being held close to his eye. Dean tries to open the door. Sam says, Dean, hurry up. Come on. We cut to Crowley. He tightens one of the screws on the metal contraption on Samandriel's head and Samandriel screams. I feel like I've said that sentence like 25 times now. Well, he's getting his brain screwed out. So <laughs> Yeah. Poor I mean, guy. Yeah. It is what it is, you know. <laughs> so we cut back to the boys. Cass steps back towards the wall behind him, and Dean continues trying to open the door. Sam says, Dean. And Cass shrinks, uh, sinks down into a crouch as he sees flashes of the instrument coming towards his eye and of himself screaming. Dean slams a hand hard against the door. He says, all right, plan B. Sam says, we have a plan B. And Dean flings himself at the door, which does not move. <laughs> He's just like, I'm just going to hit it with everything I've got. <laughs> Sam follows his lead and does the same. Cass cowers on the floor. We cut to Samandriel, who sits silently in his chair. Crowley says, as you were saying, and Samandriel speaks more Enochian. Cut to the boys. Sam flings himself against the door again. Dean says, Cass, anytime now. Cass is still cowering on the floor, seeing flashes of Naomi holding the metal instrument close to his eye. Dean hurls himself against the door. We cut to Crowley saying uh yes and Samandriel does some more talking Crowley says spit it out you heavenly pile of filth cut to the boys Dean continues to slam himself against the door Cass is still cowering on the floor cut to Crowley Samandriel says uh says something else in Enochian Crowley says holy mother of sin Figo says what what is it Crowley says there's an angel tablet then we see the door move as the boys continue to try to break in. Vigo looks nervous. The door finally gives away and Sam and Dean enter. Crowley has disappeared. Of course, uh, Vigo grabs a knife from his table of torture implements and grapples with Dean. Cass enters looking weak and goes to Samandriel. Another demon enters and fights with Sam. Vigo throws Dean through a glass pane. Cass loosens the screws on the metal contraption on Samandriel's head and removes the metal pick from his skull as Sam and Dean continue to fight. Uh, Cass flashes back to Naomi holding a metal implement close to his eye and to himself screaming while bound to a chair. Naomi in the flashback says, hold still. Cass continues to disassemble the metal contraption on Sam Samandriel's head. Uh, Dean straddles Vigo. I don't know why I wrote that, but that's fine. <laughs> 
I always got to like mention the straddling. <laughs> um, and he raises his demon killing knife. Vigo grabs Dean by the throat. Sam sends the demon he's fighting, flying into a trolley of torture instruments. The demon grabs something stabby from the trolley and rushes at Sam. Cass removes the metal contraption from Samandriel's head, finally. And Dean knocks Vigo's arm away and backhands him across the face. Sam sends his demon flying in Dean's direction, and Dean stands up and stabs the demon in the back, killing it. Dean returns his attention to Vigo. Vigo says, wait, wait, I know things. Dean says, Cass, go. So Cass and Samandriel disappear. Vigo says, good, good. There's so much you don't know. You need me. Dean nods and says, yeah. Vigo nods. Dean says, yeah, I don't think so. And Dean stabs Vigo. Bright light flares inside of Vigo's head as he dies. So we cut to outside the factory. Cass supports Samandriel, who is leaning against the Impala. Cass says, it's okay. You're safe now. I'm taking you home. Samandriel says, no, you can't take me back there, Castile. Cass says, why not? Samandriel says, you don't understand. I told Crowley things, things he shouldn't have known. He's got to our coding, our secrets. Secrets I didn't even know we had. Cass says, what secrets? Samandriel says, heaven, Naomi. Cass says, no, who's, Na- who's Naomi? Samandriel says, who is, listen to me. Listen to me closely. I've been there. I know. They're controlling us, Castiel. Cass says, what do you mean? And then we cut to inside Naomi's office in heaven. She's leaning over Cass, who is sitting in a chair. Naomi says, kill him. Cass says, what does he mean they're controlling us? Naomi says, Castiel. Cass says, who is controlling us? Why did I see your face? Why was I so afraid? What's going on here? What did you do to me? Yeah. (laughs) He's got a lot of questions. I mean, I would too. Yeah. Naomi hauls Cass to his feet and says, this is the direct order. Kill him. And she pushes Cass back into his chair. He disappears. We cut back to Samandriel. Cass lets his angel blade slip down his sleeve and uses it to stab Samandriel. Blinding white light comes from Samandriel as he dies. We cut to Naomi's office in heaven. Cass says, what did I just do? Naomi says, you killed a traitor. Cass says, Samandriel was good. And I was trying to atone for... Naomi says, Samandra was broken. He revealed the existence of what I would die to protect, what any of us would die to protect. The angel tablet, Castiel, Crowley knows. Cass says, I just murdered one of our own to protect a tablet? Naomi says, if the demon demon tablet, (laughs) if the demon tablet concealed demons in hell, what do you think the angel tablet could do to us? You're a hero, Castiel. You've done heaven a great service, Cass says. And that's what I tell Sam and Dean. So we cut to Samandriel's body by the Impala. Uh, Cass is cradling, cradling Samandriel, which is adorable. Uh, <laughs> Sam and Dean run up. Sam says, Cass, what the hell happened? We cut to inside Naomi's office. She says, you tell the Winchesters that Samandriel had been compromised. So we cut back to the factory. Cass says, he was compromised. <laughs> we cut back to Naomi's office in heaven. She says, he came at you and you acted in self-defense. So we cut to outside the factory. Cass stands up and says, he came at me. I killed him in self-defense. When we cut to Naomi's office in heaven, she says, say, you must return his body to heaven and then bring him to me. 
So they cut to the boys. Dean says, Cass, are you okay? Blood trickles from the corner of one of Cass's eyes. He wipes at it. He He's says, like, I've been thrown back and forth one too many times. Thank you. <laughs> Cass says, my vessel must have been damaged in the melee. Uh, I have to go. Samandriel's remains belong in heaven. So they cut to Naomi's office. She says, I need to see just how far Crowley dug into him. Do you understand? Cass says, yes, I understand. So they cut to the boys. Cass crutches down by Samandriel's body and puts an arm around his shoulders. Dean says, Cass, wait. Castiel says, thank you both for everything you've done. There's the sound of wings and Cass and Samandriel disappear. Dean says, Cass. <laughs> so we cut to Rufus's cabin. It's daytime. Sam spray paints the Enochian angel warning symbol on the door. Sam says, okay, that should do it. Cass can't see or hear us now. Dean says, okay, what the hell? Sam says, I know. It's a fair question. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, I told you something was off with him since he got back from purgatory. Sam says, so what? You think someone's messing with him or something? Dean says, who? Sam says, angels. Uh, Dean says, why would the angels have him kill another angel? Sam shrugs. Dean says, you know what, man? I got this. You go. Sam says, what? Dean says, don't you have a girl to get back to? Sam says, yeah, I guess I do. Um, since when are you on the Amelia bandwagon? Dean says, I don't know. I'm just tired of all the fighting. He takes a beer out of the refrigerator and says, and you know, maybe I'm a little bit jealous. I could never separate myself from the job like you could. Hell, maybe it's time for at least one of us to be happy. Sam says, what, you being such a big hugger and all? <laughs> she, she does make me happy and she could be waiting for me if I went back. I'd be a very lucky man if she was. But now, with everything staring down at us, with all that's left to be done, I don't know. Dean says, huh. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, well, I do know this. Whatever you decide, decide. Both feet in or both feet out. Anything in between is what gets you dead. Sam says, yeah, I keep hearing that. I'm going to take a walk. Clear my head. So Sam leaves. Dean sighs. We cut to a waterfront. It's daytime. Benny is sucking from a blood bag. He puts the empty bag back in the cooler um, and there is one remaining full bag left in there. Benny picks up the full bag, but then puts it back and closes the cooler and the doors to the back of his car. His phone rings and he answers. Benny says, Dean, thank you mightily, bud. I'm in a hard way here. How close are you? Dean says, I'm sorry, man. I, uh, I'm not going to make it. Benny says, you mean now or... Dean says, listen, Benny, everything you've done for me, I will never forget. But uh, this is it. Benny says, end of the line. Dean says, end of the line. Benny says, yeah, well, I never liked these cell phones anyways. Dean You're says, like, what? Blame the cell phone? Like, that was kind of weird. <laughs> like, Yeah, I know. Oh, that was a weird thing okay, to say. Where's the correlation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean says, you, uh, you stay good, all right? Benny says, you too, Dean. And uh, thanks for the ride. Dean says, yeah, man. Adios. So um, cut to the cabin at night. Dean sits on the couch watching some boxing on the TV. We cut to the motel room. Amelia opens the door and looks around at the sadly unoccupied room and then closes the door behind her as she leaves. That was kind of sad. It was kind of sad, but like, I don't feel bad for her. 
Yeah, that's like true. she was the one that like was supposed to have made her decision a long time ago, and here she is, like, like clearly not like I don't know if she just like thought she made the the wrong decision or what, but like maybe, yeah, yeah. Dude, figure it out. So we cut back to Rufus's cabin. Sam sets two bottles of beer and a bowl of food down on the coffee table in front of Dean. Dean removes the cap from one bottle and sets it down in front of Sam and then opens his own beer. Sam picks up his beer and he and Dean look at each other. Sam nods. Dean takes a drink from his beer and Sam follows suit. They eat. And credits. Okay, so my thoughts for this episode. Um, I just love how Amelia was like, I don't want to hurt Dawn. Um, look at what you started with Sam, little Missy. Yeah. Like, you don't want to hurt who, you know? Like, exactly. Like, okay. I also want to say that I actually really love the actor who plays Dawn because he's in um, Battlestar Galactica. Okay. And, and I, when I first watched this episode, it was like pre Battlestar and I was like, whatever, fuck you Dawn. And then. <laughs> now when he showed up when he like walked into the screen I was like it's you (laughs) and then I was like don't be with that bitch ass whore (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway yeah it was like I don't know to me the whole thing was just kind of like okay you literally can't make up your mind you're literally you're putting both of them through the ringer and for what? Mm-hmm. And then you can't even like, once you make up your mind, you don't actually make up your mind. And you're like cheating on Don with Sam and like messing with Sam's emotions. Like you're just screwing with everybody at this point, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you even doing? You know? Like, yep. Just what Being are you a doing? Bitch ass for. Dawn, okay. Like, and that's immediately before she like jumps Sam. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever. You know? <laughs> don't like it (laughs) Ugh, drives me nuts um okay so (laughs) this was kind of just like a weird thought that I had so like every time you see Benny with a blood bag it's always type a b he's got a preference well like is it like a preference thing or like do vampires like need their own blood type or what blood type they had? Huh. That's interesting. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I guess they AD. could like, it could be a preference thing, but like, I kind of wonder if it's like a, they have to go with their own type, their own type. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. it's never mentioned. So I don't know. Oh no, that, for sure. But it was but just that'd be strange. weird. Like, you have to be able to like, you know, sniff people and see if they have the right blood type and like, like how far away from someone do you think you need to be to tell their blood type? Well, I would think for them pretty, pretty far because supernatural abilities, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it wouldn't make any sense that they would have to go after their own blood type because then they wouldn't just like find somebody and kill them, you know? Yeah. Like I, it's probably a preference thing. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was funny because it's like okay like it's always this way unless I mean it's very possible that he just did like one big heist and that's all he grabbed and he's just kind of been like subsiding off of that for a while that could be yeah that was just what was available so yeah yeah 
<laughs> the, the the pile is dwindling <laughs> but, but still the same pile maybe maybe that's what it is <laughs> also okay so this is a weird thought but at the very end when like sam and dean are eating something in a bowl like what even is that i it don't remember kind of them eating spaghetti, something in a bowl. But maybe chili but maybe like i don't know it was like non-descript food <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have no memory of that so oh, I, it was I at the end i don't know i just remember thinking like oh when they were like you know sam was like oh i'm not going to amelia and yeah dean is like i just broke up with betty for you and <laughs> we're just gonna sit here in silence and eat our mush <laughs> i know yeah it was kind of weird but i was like trying to figure out what was in the bowls and it, i really does it matter no but was it in my mind yes you know, like... yeah i can't remember what it looked like but if i had to guess i'm gonna go with refried beans <laughs> you know uh, that much refried beans oh you'd blow up <laughs> <laughs> i've done it <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've eaten a lot of refried beans and so maybe not a whole bowl full i, I mean, have when I was pregnant, that is what I craved. Yeah. With like, it was like refried beans, uh, with some cheese and like salsa. Yeah. Huh. That's like mostly what I ate. <laughs> that's That sounds pretty good. It's kind of like a dip just minus the chips, you know? Yeah. It's just you and a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like there there's been weirder combinations out there mm -hmm. for sure yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like pickles and ice cream that seems to be something that a lot of people crave and I don't know what it is about it but like that's not a good combination no it is not <laughs> <laughs> you know like not no. that I've tried it but that vinegar I will never try it milk I think Eric, <laughs> dairy I product think when I was pregnant, Eric offered it to me and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Get me some cheese. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure I didn't actually say fuck you to my loving husband when I was pregnant. <laughs> He's just like, no, you can't make me. You can't. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I, yeah. That, that wouldn't be too bad like I would eat that I might not be able to eat a whole bowl mm -hmm. but you know, I can do it I, it could I could see where it would taste good you know yeah <laughs> I mean in reality it's not that far away from like chili that's it's true beans you know <laughs> yeah yeah you put cheese on chili I guess you don't put salsa in it but well but you know it's got its own kind of chunk <laughs> yeah there's so. usually tomatoes and that sort of stuff well I guess depends yeah. on what you get but Mm -hmm. The only thing you're really missing is like some variety of meat, you know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And a little more saucy, you know, mm -hmm. like, I can see that. That's not a, that's not a bad mix. Um, so what was your favorite moment from this episode? Okay. Here's the thing. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> that's I feel like in what episode number is this? 160. Uh, like, huh? 160 something 159 oh okay so well close. I feel like in 159 episodes <laughs> I'm allowed one episode <laughs> where I don't have a goddamn favorite moment <laughs> I do have a least favorite moment let's go with which that. I will which I will tell you <laughs> <laughs> um it is when Amelia in that flashback came out of the bathroom wearing Sam's shirt 
<laughs> that really like you've me. gone too far you have yeah. no shame at all yeah you can have sex with him whatever but you don't get to wear his clothes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gave up that right when you chose Don. <laughs> exactly I mean to be fair Sam did kind of make her choose Don. that's true so but that doesn't mean that she gets to wear his clothes still like you've been with Don for how long now like no no <laughs> yeah no honey and, no <laughs> and we don't know really what happened when because like sam was like you know i'm leaving you're gonna be with don we don't really like know what happened after that moment between yeah. the two of them you know did she protest did she try to make him stay you know what i mean did she profess undying love for him and not don that's possible i'm gonna assume that she just kind of went with it considering there was no information otherwise yeah she's like great you're gonna make my decision for you or for me <laughs> for, for me yeah so yeah well what was your favorite moment so <laughs> um i i have a couple just like not favorite favorite moments but kind of like moments that i liked um when Cass was like that's his serious face yes he's like, <laughs> he's like are you serious <laughs> yes that is a serious face you know <laughs> like this is not this is what amazing. We, okay you know like, whatever Cass um and then I also really liked when they're like okay play like Dean's trying to like bust through the door or whatever and then they're like okay or he's like okay plan b and then he literally just like takes a running jump at it and just like bounces himself off the door and then Sam and Dean both proceed to just like ping pong themselves off the door trying <laughs> yeah. to I think that was probably my favorite, favorite moment when they're just watching these two huge dudes just like bounce off of doors. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Was I was like, I wonder when they're going to give up. Like, are they, are they going to give up or they, how long can this go on? I feel like, can you give up though? I don't know. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Just be like, mm, sorry, we can't do it anymore. <laughs> Can't get in. Like, <laughs> knock on not, the door. You know? Sorry. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure at that point you just have to keep going until either, you know, the person Your you're trying breaks. to save is expired or you expire. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got to expire to stop. I suppose. Somebody's yeah. got to expire for it to stop. <laughs> well, I thought it was really sweet that they put their bodies through all that physical damage on that door to try and save Alfie you know yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought it was pretty good though them just like bouncing off of them like pebbles <laughs> yeah but, oh boy bless you uh, man <laughs> it's okay tis the season to be sneezy anyways <laughs> So the interesting facts in this episode, um, it says the boat owned by Garth that Kevin is hiding out on is called Fizzle's Folly. Uh, Mr. Fizzles is the name of the sock puppet Garth uses or used to talk to the little girl in Supernatural Party on Garth from 2012. Ah, uh, that's right. Um, it says after Sam and Dean kill a demon by way of Dean standing in front of him and waving hello to distract his attention and then Sam, Sam blah, blah, stabbing him from behind dean says well not my most original work but <laughs> he's referring to when the winchesters kill the demon in an identical fashion on um what's up tiger mommy 
Okay. No. I think I remember that. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of killings on this show. It's hard to remember who got killed. How, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that reminds die, me. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people die. I, I don't know why that reminded me, but I just got an email from Netflix that yeah. said, it says, uh, I didn't open it, but it, like the header was like, remember to finish watching Supernatural. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I wonder if it's going away. No, no. Now I'm going to open this email. Because <laughs> I know that a few um, countries, actually, they've gotten it taken off of Netflix already. Ugh. I would Let's hope see. not for us, but. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about that in this email, so. Okay. Well, hopefully yeah. not. I mean, I have all the DVDs, so. I do not. It'd be okay, <laughs> but, it, but it's, it's like so much more convenient to Netflix it, you know, yeah. for, for well, note taking. And not only that, but I think at least for the music, it's a little bit different on the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it's is. the original music on the, well, it was just the first season or season and a half that they changed the music for Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully <laughs> We don't have to go through episode by episode or DVD by DVD to go through it. But oh, that would suck. That's a lot of DVDs still. We're not even halfway done, dude. <laughs> I know. That's a lot of freaking episodes. <laughs> Please, Netflix. <laughs> Hear my plea. <laughs> Do not feel supernatural. I'll write them an email. <laughs> Strongly worded email. Yeah. Maybe not so strong because... We don't want to piss him off. We want right. natural, but <laughs> <laughs> you can't do this to us. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> I know. Oh man. <laughs> so um, this is the first time an angel blade is used to kill a demon. Um, usually, the angels just killed them by smiting. So oh. uh, little cast butt stabs, stabbed one. Yeah, um, and it says. Uh, Sam is staying in the same motel room Amelia was staying in during an earlier episode. So I'm going to guess that that was just the room that she was living in mm-hmm. previously. Yeah. I would assume. Um, Ew, what if he like requested that room? Uh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> I don't like that. We're not going to think about that too much. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so um, it says that uh, Vincent Gale, who plays Vigo, I think that's the, the torturer guy, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, previously appeared in the episode um, Crossroad Blues from 2006 as Evan Hudson, which I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. So anyways, um, those are interesting facts. Our research from this week, um, (laughs) we had to go with lobotomies, you guys, (laughs) 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 because I don't know if there's like a better time to do this. So (laughs) (laughs) no, I think this is a perfect time. We just kind of have to do it. So, um, This is off of WUSA9.com, which is a news, a local news site. Um, This is from 2016, so it's a little old, but story still stands. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, 
and it's the title is the lobotomist ghosts of saint elizabeth's hospital um it says rotting and abandoned in southeast dc is a chilling reminder of a time when science went tragically astray um it says a place where the doctor who popularized lobotomies got his start um it's the blackburn lab on the campus of saint elizabeth's hospital and it's an irresistible uh draw for local author and photographer the dc and dcist reporter pablo iglesias um Maurer, i'm guessing um it says or no they spelled it two different ways <laughs> literally in one word is right after the other i'm gonna go with mauer because that's how they spell it the rest of the way or the rest of the times <laughs> Um, it says, Maurer loves abandoned places, loves the history that seeps through them. It's hard to believe how much of it still lies preserved under glass inside the decrepit building. But Maurer does not like to call the places haunted because that would be make-believe. <laughs> okay. Like, the actual histories are so much stranger and more disturbing than fiction could ever be. Um, Walter Freeman's history is certainly strange and disturbing. The neuropathologist thought the best way to treat people with mental illness was to insert an ice pick into their skulls to sever their prefrontal lobes from the rest of their brains. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, it says he lobotomized JFK's sister, Rosemary, and thousands of other people. He took before and after photos of many of them, including an eight-year-old schizophrenic boy who had been caged in his basement and a woman he said became a nice household pet after the operation. Oh my God. Nice household pet. What do you mean? Like, that's horrible. Like, okay. Um, it says Maurer took dozens of photos inside Freeman's old lab. Um, you swing a large door open and it really is like something out of a horror movie. <laughs> Um, years before his first lobotomy, Freeman dissected the brains and spinal cords of hundreds of deceased patients in the autopsy lab at St. Elizabeth's, um, looking for physical signs of mental illness. Um, Mauer, see, now they're, they keep changing back and forth. I don't even know what the guy's actual name is. I'm going to go keep going with Mauer, though. Okay. <laughs> Not much of the equipment's still there. Um, the operating table, the scale, the cold storage lockers, and hundreds of lab slides still stained with brain tissue. Ew. Um, it says, in the end, when he donated his books and records to St. E's, um, Freeman all but admitted defeat, inscribing them to St. Elizabeth's, where more problems arose than were ever answered. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> you ice picking people's brains, there's going to be problems. Yeah. Uh, it says Freeman, by his own count, lobotomized 3,500 patients. Um, Maurer says in one 12 day period, he operated on 228 people at 20 to $25 each. Oh my God. He's like in and out. Like, oh, yuck. Um, it says lobotomy awful. only fell out of favor in the 1950s and 60s with the advent of. Thorazine, um, the first real antipsychotic drug. Um, oh, thank you for antipsychotic drugs. <laughs> <laughs> for real, though. <laughs> it says uh, Freeman performed his last lobotomy in 1967. That's the year that my mom was born and died in 1972. Wow. So he was like ice picking people all the way to the end, man. Yeah. Like, ugh. I don't like that. I don't either. So uh, that's our research. <laughs> that's the end of the article. Point, you have to talk about lobotomies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought the article was going to be longer. No. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know. I think it would be interesting too to like look up or look them up and see if they were um, 
if there's any ever been any like you know ghost hunting done there or whatever you know like yeah yeah maybe. that'd be cool but we'll have to get back to you on that one <laughs> <laughs> so what was your idiot harassment moment from today okay mine's a pretty short one um Killian the other day comes home from school and was like guess what mom <laughs> and it's like what and he's like a girl in my class threw up in gym class today and I was like oh and he was like and she was wearing her mask. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> and I was, I was like, you didn't laugh at her, did you? And he's like, no, and I was like, okay, all right, good. I was like, well, then what happened next? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, I, uh, she got escorted out of class and went home and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, who like cleaned up the puke? And he goes, I know like, so it had to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He goes, nobody did. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, well that's disgusting, you know, whatever. And we kind of like moved on in the conversation. And then, um, the next day I was, uh, I had dropped him off in the morning and I was walking with some parents uh, back to our cars. And, um, I was like, Oh, did you hear that? So-and-so, you know, threw up, you know, uh-huh. to the other parents and like, they were like, yeah, going around, you know? Like- yeah. And, um, and I, Oh, I, I forgot to say when I was talking with Killian the day before, um, he started telling me, yeah, it sounded like this. <laughs> he starts like, making dude, up noises. Like, so I was telling, yeah, it was, why didn't you tell me that? You know? It was, it was pretty funny <laughs> actually, <laughs> but so I was telling the parents this, you know, that, um, that Killian was giving me the, the sound effects, uh, uh-huh. you know, the, the poor girl who threw up and, and the, one of the other parents is like, oh, my son was like telling me the different colors that were coming oh, out yeah. of the mask. <laughs> and I was like, like none of this is okay. <laughs> and they were all just like, all the kids had, you know, gotten together and talked about the, the different, you know, they sensory things. <laughs> yeah, they were. And I wonder if like, if it's because it was like dribbling slowly out of a mask if that's why it was so like fascinating or if she was like maskless and and, like maybe if she had like projectiled it you know what I mean if that would fascinate them just as much so oh I would assume I mean any sort of bodily function when you're you know six (laughs) is yeah gonna be pretty fascinating (laughs) yeah yeah they were just uh, into it (laughs) so anyway uh, yeah that happened I feel really bad for the little girl but she recovered she's back at school she she did not have COVID (laughs) oh I'm sure it was just like one of those 24-hour things or whatever that's the thing is like kids are kind of like petri dishes you know (laughs) oh yeah everything just kind of marinates in there and then they just you know can't help but like spit on each other and you know like Mm -hmm. yeah like the same things you know (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, that's how they build their immune system. So yeah. And you know, all the parents do talk when a kid is sick, because they want to know if they have COVID and if their kids going to have to come stay home for a couple weeks, you know, if they're going to close the classroom or whatever. So we do all kind of chat about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, because you got to know like what's going on if you're going to have to be like, homeschooling for a while or I know. (laughs) Oh, God. I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. So anyway, 
That was my moment. What was yours? So <laughs> I was a big old idiot and I was trying. So this was like a few weeks ago. Right. But I, it's still, <laughs> I still have a problem with it. So I went out and I was trying to lunge Ahsoka. Right. And so, you know, trying to get her some exercise, blah, 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 blah. Well, the lunge mm-hmm. line that I have is like kind of thicker and it has a little like rubber bouncer thing on the end. So you can like it. So it's got a little bit of weight to the end. So if they're not going, you can kind of like, just kind of like toss it out and like bump them in the butt and get them going, you know? Okay. Well, okay. I was swinging it around, just trying to like create movement that she would want to move away from and whacked myself right in the shin. And I'm talking like sharp pain immediately, you know, (laughs) because I'm a dumbass, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and like, I still have a little kind of knot there from when I hit it. It's not like bruised anymore, but I've, Mm -hmm. I think I have scar tissue there now. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like nailing myself in the shin from this (laughs) stupid thing. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was not my brightest moment. (laughs) (laughs) At least you didn't hit yourself in the head. (laughs) At least I didn't hit myself in the head. I've hit myself like in the leg and all that sort of stuff before, but it's not so bad. But when you hit bone with like a fairly heavy rubber, you know, like, I don't know. It's, and it's kind of shaped like a sock, like a flying saucer, you know, so yeah, it's like yeah. thinner on the edge. It's not just like a little, like, you know, uh, I don't know, like a bead or something like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they make it just right. <laughs> so <if it> hits <laughs> the shin, you're going to remember it for a while, <laughs> Yeah, oh. but like, at least it doesn't hurt now, but I still have a lump, but it hurt to touch for like a couple weeks afterwards, which is just, you know, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's my story. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgits and aspects podcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.